I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome in, everyone. We have a little bit of a later sesh today with Scoop. He's off on a hot date. That's what I told everyone on Discord. I'm not sure if you saw that, Scoop. But, uh, um, yeah, he's doing a few things now that he's moved. But we're here and probably a better idea now that we well, I don't, still don't have a lot of information, do we, on, on who's going to back up. But uh, regardless of that, it's going to be a lot of chat around, you know, potentially do you just bring in some Origin guys now, some of the best players in their position? Uh, with only one buy round to go, or do we still wait that little bit longer? Because you know trades are pretty scarce at the moment, and you know, really you don't want to be making too many more trades on sort of mid range guys and getting them in, getting them out. You know, a lot of the times they don't actually perform exactly how you want it, and that's why why they are mid range. So likely at this point, you want to be getting in as many guns as possible, and then potential for maybe one cash out at this stage or a guy that's going to score for you this week, potentially in like a round nineteen or a twenty and go from there. But let's kick it off with the hooking position there, Scoop, and a little bit of discussion on what you might think you, you would be doing in that hooking position from here. Do you go for someone like a Harry Grant right now, or do you still play it a little bit safer with a, a guy that's going to be playing in 19 and, and has no backup risk? I don't mind bringing in Grant uh, at the moment. I mean, he just did come off an origin game, and he is backing up. But he's also coming off that really big 91 in round 15. So his price is bottomed out. It's as cheap as he'll get for a while. Um, both him and Munster from the Storm, but especially Grant, 758K. And we had him up at high 800s earlier in the season. He's the top clear option at the moment, particularly with all the alternates, either coming back from injury or back into origin now with Cook and Robson playing Game two last night. So I, I think bringing in Grant now is a pretty good strategy if you want to gun up. That's the biggest thing, isn't it? We're just focusing on on those numbers. And Grant is five points, five point two points ahead of Damian Cook. And he's actually going to play more games as well in the next period. So I personally own Cook and Robson, so that whole situation is a bit annoying at the moment. But it's, yeah, 5.2 point gap there. And then Robson's another couple down. Marshall King's another three down from that. So, yes, you know, if, if Grant backs up, hopefully he can still put on something decent. He looked great the other night as well, and obviously looked great in round 15. So I definitely see a lot of merit in bringing in someone that's averaging 61.1 that's priced in the in the low 50s, right? So yeah, he's definitely someone that, and probably the main guy on, on my hooking radar at the moment, him, uh, and then obviously someone like, you know, Jeremy Marshall King has some 
some issues with his shoulder, but you know, potential for an option he is with he does him playing all of the the rest of the buy rounds. Tanner Boyd the same deal. Uh, he's going to play all of them, and then Wade Egan's probably the only Wade Egan and Jacob Little are probably the only other ones, right? Yeah, there's a couple of cheaper options, but for points, there's really Harry Grant and then the rest. Like Tanner Boyd, if you've held him through, there's argument to be made you could have him as your second hooker, given that he's doing pretty well with his handy duel as well. Just because some of the other options are that step below Grant, if you've got two, one of Grant and those other two, I think you can uh, hold that for the rest of the year. Yeah, you're just looking back at some of the scoring that, that Grant was coming up with in the first, what, five rounds there, and and he can get back to that for sure. He's got a random 77 in at round eight, and then the 91, and some low scores around that. So he's one of those guys that he's going to go up and down across the year. We look back at, at 2022, and he, he starts that a little bit lower, around the, the 700k mark, and then very quickly gets to an 870. He comes back down to a, a 718, and then finishes really strong and ends at about that, what, 800 mark. So... It, these kind of guys, when you know they're a top-tier gun, they're going to go through the ups and downs throughout a season. So Grant, very clearly a good option in this week if you like. And, and just making sure that you are looking at round 20 and, and where you're at for that for that week for sure. So let's speak about Tanner Boyd now. 681, coming off a good week there that he had in that last round of 65. He was coming off 340s before that. So that's definitely one thing that I'm personally worried about if I'm looking at bringing him in. But yeah, really when you look at it, Grant missing one more week and he's 80k more expensive, it, it probably is a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, if you look at it like that and you're reasonably happy with what Tanner Boyd's doing at that price, it's it's a definite upgrade to go up to Grant for 10 points more at, what, 70k price difference? That's a good deal to me. The only thing I'd have against Boyd is if they have a bit of a shake-up with just now uh, <laughs> Paul Brook basically confirmed to depart and Hasler taking over in 2024. So I don't know whether that'll change anything or they'll try different combinations or shake anything up. But as long as Boyd's there and Sexton isn't going to take kick meters or anything away from him, he's going to remain a pretty good option. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely on the radar. But yeah, thinking of, of Grant, these types, it's like, mm. yeah, but if you don't have the cash, then he's definitely going to be solid with no buys for the rest of the year. And I think he's a clear play in the 17 uh, each and every week. Reese Robson, I own him. We're going to speak about him. We're going to speak about Cook as well. That 80 minutes last night just really hurts. As soon as Trebojevic went down, it was obviously sad for anyone who, for, for Tommy, but for anyone who owns him in, in fantasy here. But then for Robson, knowing that he was going to play 80, that meant Damien Cook played 80 as well. Do we think he backs up? And I know Cotter did in round 14. and played reduced minutes. I think there's a high chance he, he does play, but reduced minutes there. Is, is he looking more like a sell? Yeah, it's a tough one because a little bit like Cook, he does have an annoying buy very late in the year. Not quite as bad as Rabideau's, but it still is during the head-to-head finals time and he's going to miss round 19. But Cook's worse because he misses round uh, 20 as well. But with Robson potentially maybe having a few less minutes this week and then missing a couple extra, it's just it's just not quite ideal. So it'd be... You'd probably prefer to have somebody like Marshall King at that price for the output, given that he's going to have a lot less buys. And uh, maybe Sean O'Sullivan back as well can help the Dolphins uh, get back on track and a few more points for him. So if you're an owner of Robson, how many trades would you need to have to, to look at a more of a sideways one to like a Marshall King? I think you'd need a fair 
you. I, he's lowish on the priority list, but it is a it is a worry. If he'd played earlier in the week, I would probably have him more towards the seller. But given he's got all the way until uh, a, a late Sunday game, he's got uh, what four days to back up, so he should be right. But yeah, I'd probably want I'd probably want over six in order to make that luxury trade. Okay, yeah. So really. The only, the only way you'd be looking to trade him on this week is if he doesn't play. So let's stick out for some late mail on him as well. Uh, and if Scoop, anything comes through in, in, on NRL.com in this in this half an hour or so, let me know as well while we're, here, while we're going through it. Uh, Damien Cook's the other one. So he has that extra buy in round 20, which is the, the tough one there. Break even, normal. You know, he's at 719k. A little bit more expensive than Robson. If he doesn't back up this week, I think he's a clear sell before Robson as well. I'd probably average similar. Cook's probably a little bit ahead. Would you say he's, he's more of a keeper than Robson long term? Um, I don't know. I think he's probably just on pedigree a little bit ahead. But Robson in the last couple of years has come up strongly as well when he's been playing those 80-minute games. I think Cook playing in the centres for the nearly the full game and Robson playing the full game in the middle won't make him as tired. But like... You just don't know what's going to happen, and there's a good chance that he'll get rested towards the end of the year or something like that. And then that, if anything else happens, that three games that he misses could turn into four, and you're in real trouble. It's just, I, I suppose there's going to be a decent amount of people that are in my position here, having Robson, having Cook at the moment, and yeah, I'm sitting with five trades, and I know a lot of people will be similar or worse. And if you, you're somewhere between that three to six trade range, what do you think by I'm thinking, you know, if, let's just say they both back up. That would be ideal. 17, 18. I'd say Cook is probably a sell because he'll have, he'll miss 19, he'll miss 20, and he'll have a buy later on in the year. Would you then just hold Robson in that scenario and then you, you're moving Cook on in that week to, to maybe, maybe move on to another position and then you can bring Grant in, in round 20 or something like that? Yeah, I think so. If you've got both Cooks the clear sell out of the two, I don't know whether I would do it straight away. You might be able to hold off until round 19 when he's actually missing and then fill in a spot with that cash during that bye week. But yeah, he's he's definitely more of a sell than Robson. He's been all right to own, especially in the last few weeks. But yeah, he's probably going to be on the chopping block for a few coaches. Yeah, it's a frustrating time, especially only having 21 in our squad list, that's for sure. A couple of people will be looking at Wade Egan now that he's back. Fit and firing, thank goodness. At 560k though... Coming off, a, obviously, a, yeah, a couple of good rounds there, 53 and 60. But his head knock risk, he seemed to, especially in that first sort of eight games that he played, get a head knock each and every week. Whether it went off or not was another story. But any interest in him or would you sway anyone towards him? Or is it like you have to have 10 plus trades to even look at it? Yeah, you'd need heaps. I don't think this is the time of year that you're looking for a player like Wade Egan. I think you're looking for those final team players or complete cash downs that you might be able to make something out of and flick later. I think with the eight extra and what if you've got, say, another four, you've got a dozen trades left for nearly that many weeks. So you're really going to use that one per week on a Wade Egan that you might want to get rid of later or leaks points against you in head-to-head. So I, I really think that he would be an early season buy, not a late season buy. Yeah, that just makes me laugh because, yeah, when you put it that way, it's a complete no. 
Uh, Jacob Little, on the other hand, a 539. He's only a little bit less. Would you have him in the same boat? He's tough, given that he's made a bit of his money now. He plays 19, which is the appeal, and he's got the potential to score quite well and be probably about the same as Egan, maybe more of a keeper, given that he's probably got less head knock risk. But yeah, I think he'd need to play probably about 70 minutes consistently in order to be a, a good option. Then he'd probably jump up to sort of the Jerry Marshall King bracket, as in plays around 19 and a decent 50 average type of guy. But we can't quite know what's going to happen with the Dragons and with Ben Hunt and a few other things. So I personally don't really love it unless you've got uh, a couple extra trades up your sleeve. But he's better than Wade Egan in my books. Cool. Uh, and just go ranking the top three as a buy this week. Harry Grant, Jeremy Marshall King, and Tanner Boyd. I would probably go Grant and give a week for Jeremy Marshall King just to check that his shoulder has come good over the week off. Mm -hmm. And if his shoulder is good, then I would definitely pick up after that because he's going to be pretty cheap after that uh, injury-effective discount. Beautiful. Yeah, just thinking about now, that, that one week you're going to miss Grant. He's not that much more expensive. It's pretty pretty important you're going to have him with the less trade, so let's let's lock that in. Uh, let's go to, to Brendan Hands at 308k, half decent cash out, you would say. You're you're the Eels man on this on this podcast on this uh, YouTube channel. So, what do you any thoughts, any knowledge around the Josh Hodgson situation? I know he just re-signed, so they still want him on the squad. This injury is it just a week to week prospect, especially when they got their buy next week. Are we kind of worried that Brendan just goes back to the bench? Yeah, well, that's that's always a worry because he's been doing that for most of the season. The thing is, you don't really know what's coming with neck injuries unless they're really specific and they've got a time frame for them. You've got guys who miss one or two and then they're back. You've got guys like Mitch Barnett and Chance Luke Klukstad in the last couple of years that have missed big stretches or even half the season for CNK after he had a bulging disc or something like that in his neck. So Hodgson could be out for a while and hands could be a great option. But there is a, a strong chance that Hodgson could just displace him and be back in the starting role in round 19 and Hans goes back to 30, 35 minutes. That's very, very fair on that front. Uh, okay, we're going to move to top averages for the halves now that we've got Brennan Hans being the dual guy. Definitely an, uh, you know, half an option, right? Um, one the question I did forget to mention was, or to forget to put in there, was that new McGrady bloke. So just remember to remind me to, to go through him. Uh, but yeah, top averages in the half section. We've got Hines, Toby Sexton, how good. But Hines and Cleary, the, the clear front runners, and then SJ at 64. Which half would you be looking to target this week? And then we're also going to focus on DCE and Munster, which we haven't really looked at a lot this year at all. But other than that, there's not a lot down below that we should be looking at. You know, Cogger, likely to have two games left, so I think we've missed the boat on grabbing him. Um, but that's really it. Hey, it's going to be SJ, Moses, DCE, Munster. And then it'll be Hines and Cleary. So there's six options, I believe, in the halves position. Who would um would you agree with that six? And and who would you be looking this week? Yeah, I'd agree with that. The only other one I'd probably add is Dylan Brown if he gets um, out of that situation, but we can't rely on that. So I think long term, Cleary Hines are obviously the top, and I probably would put. Johnson, then it's tough, hey, because they're all about that 60 average or have been in the past. For short term, I think Sean Johnson is possibly the best captain this week against the Dragons. So I'd be looking to get him in if you 
are wanting to get rid of Mitchell Moses or something like that. And Munster is very cheap at the moment for what we know he can produce. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's speak about Munster then while we're here. All right, 720K, a little bit of a higher break even after a few low scores in there. He is coming off a 78 against the Sharks. Next few games, so you'll play Manly and then Penrith. So, uh, you know, a tough one there. Manly's going to be probably not too tough. But uh, following that bye, they've got the Roosters, Knights. They've got Parramatta and Penrith there again. So a few tough ones in there. Munster, what are your thoughts on him this year? Is he going to, he's just going to end up with that 60 average as, as per normal? Or has he got some, is he just going to stick around this average, do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a tough one because usually we see a little bit more consistency with those 50 pluses, but there are a few 40s and the odd 20 in there this year. But I mean, you, you really would hate to be on the end of another hundred like he had in round six. I think that with the tougher end of the year, Munster in previous years has really stood up in those games and wanted to take them. He's actually scored better in those than the easier games. So I think there is an argument to be made that it is even a strong buy with that draw. So, um, in all honesty, you could go either way. Um, at the moment, if you don't have SJ, though, I really would love him against the Dragons as a captain. Yeah, and you've got him for all the next bunch of rounds, right, until they're by after the, after the big buy period. So, I think, yeah, he's probably likely to be my captain. Would you have – you'd have him first. Who would be a secondary captain option this week? I think the other two would be probably – Jack DeBellin, he had a bit of a hiccup where he wasn't scoring well in the first half for some reason last game before he got uh, his head knocked, but then he returned to that good PPM before he went off. So I think there's no reason to think he can't score really well. And then Mitchell Moses again this week. Um, I think he will be wanting to prove that, I mean, it wasn't his fault that the Blues lost. And no. I mean, he's just one of the better options because there's so many outs. I agree with that. Uh, it's Munster. Your general thoughts on, on Origin last night from a Queensland fan? It was it was a bit of a strange game because there didn't seem to be a lot of errors, but the errors that did happen, Queensland, I think, were just able to capitalise on those a bit more. Like The DCE chase down was probably 12-point turnaround given that it stopped the try and then straight after Queensland scored. So I think it could have been a lot closer than it was, but yeah, you could just see Queensland were a bit hungrier. Um, any thought? I've only been hearing... New South Wales fans talk about it, but New South Wales tactics, coaching, any any general thoughts there that might be different to everyone else? I'll be look. I'll be pretty surprised if Freddie does make it to Game Three, but if he does, he has to change things. Like they've lost the series, they could make as many as four or five changes. I reckon things like Colomatungi in for Hudson Young. Uh, they might put Hines back in the halves. They might change up the way that they go with some of their others and their outside backs, like putting Campbell Graham in, especially now that Turbo's gone. I think there are a few things they can do that we probably were thinking they should have at the beginning of the season, uh, the beginning of the Origin series. So if they do those and come up with... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Uh, a positive result that could be the way to go for moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely that's the interesting, isn't it? When when there is a dead rubber on that that's round that's game three, that the changes that could be made for our fantasy team as well. So yeah, that's gonna be very, very interesting. And, you know, would they pick Cook again? Like, there's, there's questions like that, that that come into it. And, and again, shows why, as you said, waiting until round 19 is, is probably going to be the, um, the the best idea to, to go with to go with there for your squads. Um, DCE, so he's had a strong year. He's sitting at a 59 average, but that's pretty well normal for him, right? 59 average, he's priced a little bit under that at 767, just with some low scores in his last four. About a was a, a previous four of forty nine average or something like that. So, um, yeah, is he someone that you'd look at now, or are you avoiding him? I wouldn't look at him now. I think he's monster, but a couple of weeks further uh, behind in the timeline. I think his break even is like nearly a hundred this week. Yeah. So he could get down to seven hundred flats if he doesn't come out with a big one or two, and then you can pick him up in round twenty. Uh, no, did they miss that week? I can't remember. But you can pick him up for the run home at a similar price to what Munster is now, I think. Okay. Yeah, they, they buy in 19 and then and then they're done as well. So that's that. Um, did Jack Hogawani, you just, yeah, we off, we moving off him because he only got a couple weeks left, likely. Yeah, it's like the turbulent situation. You've made so much money if you got on at the right time. But yeah, with only a couple weeks left, I don't know if you can do it now. Beautiful. I agree with that. Uh, Sandon Smith, a 223K, looks like he, he's he got the spot at least until Sam Walker is healthy. When Sam Walker's will be healthy is the big, tough question. At 223K, the, the low break even, got the 41 last week. He kicked goals as well. So, you know, got a try assist, got a line break in there, tackled well, you know, missed three, had four errors. So you'd imagine some of those stats would be slightly improved, especially the error, the error portion. But he seemed like a pretty solid player. Is he a half a decent cash out option this week? I think so, especially with Joe Manu moving back to centre. I think they're really looking at him as an option to persist with for a little while. Yeah, it's just the Sam Walker. We don't know what's going on. He's been delayed, is it twice now? So mm. I think Sand and Smith will at least have a couple of games and is really one of the only options that I actually like as at least having some decent value in him. Like Brendan Hands is similar but misses 18, so you're not going to get that other guaranteed game pretty much. Yeah, and you're really not looking for him to. You obviously want him to score well, but not make too much money to sell him. It's more just to, to have as a scorer. Hopefully, you know, if if it does stretch out to round twenty as well, so seventeen, eighteen, you may need him next week in eighteen. But you know, seventeen, eighteen, and then twenty would be really cool, and that's probably all you're going to need him for, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, if you've got a couple of trades up your sleeve, and he's managed to crawl to low three hundreds then maybe you can push him down to a real, another real bottom dollar cash out to eke out that last gun. But I mean, he's probably not going to make enough money to do that unless he stays there for a, a good while. And I think Sam Walker is going to be back before then. So good cash out, money maker, 
not so much, but he'll do he'll do better than the other options. I'm with you there, uh, Isaiah. Yo, he comes in. I know he's something that you're half interested in at eight fifty k. Big break even, obviously, but just continuously hits great scores. Very, very cons- as I say, consistently there. What are your thoughts on him as a buy this week? Seeing as if, as though he just plays eighty minutes every single week. It's crazy. I couldn't believe that he played 80 minutes backing up from Origin. That was an absolutely unreal effort. But yeah, he's he and Payne Haas are just the clear top mids this year, um, unless Bateman manages to get Jewel if he's keeping named at Lockett and keeps going great hunts. But yeah, those those are the two that you're looking for to finish the year with. Haas might be slightly ahead, but he doesn't have a late buy. Yo, that is. Yo has a clear run to the end of the year. And in all honesty, he's somebody that I'm strongly considering bringing in round 18 for Mitchell Moses, given that both Madison and Hopgood will be out and I will need an extra mid. So if I cash in then after he's maybe lost a little bit with his high break even, he'll only miss that one week and then he'll be back and I'll have him as a gun scorer for the rest of the year. So I quite like Yo as an option. Yeah, so for someone to think about next week as well. Uh, in the exact positions that you need. So the averages are Haas was 66, Yo is 64, then a gap to Hopgood, which most of us have, Adam Fanua Blake, Jack DeBellin. So out of this list here, personally, I'd only be looking at, if, if you haven't grabbed Tolu Harris yet, you're probably still staying away, I'd say. just Hopefully this week off has helped him, but he just doesn't look the same. His knee's not amazing. We want him at full full uh, full ball, that's for sure. But you know, Carrigan's someone that's going to be eventually on the list, Tino. Uh, but right now it's Jack DeBellin, Fanua Blake, very expensive for Newell Blake. So is DeBellin. Um, but yeah, Haas or Yo, you probably need at least one of them for the run home, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a, a lot still have Haas. Um, some sold like me, but I think you definitely need one of those guys that can just go mental on any given week and get you an 80 um, in the middle that can win you a head-to-head or just really push you up the ranks. Yeah, he played so many minutes last night too. I don't know how many he's going to get. Um yeah, for the for the Broncos this week, that's for sure. Carrigan was big minutes as well. Uh, we'll look at the edges while we're here as well. So Fafida is the top dog, 62. We've got Hopgood in there, the jewel. Uh, then it goes down to 55 and a half with Nakora and Isaiah Pabli with Madison and Bateman. So really, anything under that, I'm not super excited about. We've obviously got Jack Bird, who's going to be you know, used as a centre. But it's really that top, five, uh, that, that top six, right? Yeah, the only one I'd really look to bring into that top bracket would be Kolo Amatangi. But the problem is he might have an origin risk now if they change things up. And he's going to miss a few weeks, 20 and 26. So I think if he can average mid-50s or high-50s when he's fit this year, I think that's what he's done. But yeah, the other options are just clear. Fafita is just the top option. Hopgood might drop back a little bit when the full Eels um, clan is there post-origin. And Fafita's going to be a lot cheaper after that slow score backing up. It'll be interesting to see what Fafita um, does this week as well backing up. So, yeah, you'll definitely want at least two, if not three, of those top options. And one of them should plan to be Dave Fafita. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Colin Matangi there, he's obviously dropped a fair bit of cash uh, last few weeks as well. He had the injury, and then the last few weeks he's played a bit through the middle. There's a bit some pieces there. He was averaging 57. So a 665K, there's definitely upside, but is it too much of a risk, do you think, with him potentially playing Origin in the bye in round 20? Yeah, I think that because he hasn't been a proven gun before, there's, the signs are there that he could be, but there's so many negatives that it just takes away from 
the appeal to go risky. So I think you can watch him, but you can't really, really make a decision on it right now. No, that's very fair. Uh, let's talk about Trent Aura I've got in my team. I'm looking to sell him. It may be hard this week, if it, depending if there's any outs from, from Origin, but you'd be looking to move him on, right? The question is... Yeah, I think so. He's come back to, He's come back down to the pack. A couple of low scores, a lot of missed tackles last week. I think you jump off now. You really haven't lost that much compared to the guys who sold in round eight. In fact, in fact, he's exactly the same price wow. as the guys who sold on the buy. So uh, it, it was nice to have those scores afterwards. But yeah, I think it's a good time to move on. Yeah, it's been a sad few weeks. Um, my main question, sorry, was at 552K, it's a very awkward price. Would you make, uh, so a question I'm asking myself, I'm looking to get up to about a 700K guy. Like I was looking at Tanner Boyd. There's you know, obviously Harry Grant's up there as an option as well. Uh, but 552K, how do you get up to these guys? Would you use two trades if you have like five trades like myself or four or six or like what a lot of people are going to have to try and upgrade? I think it'd have to be pretty good options in order to cash out this week to make two trades and get him up to there. Or I know there's still a fair few coaches with a lot of salary cap floating around. If you have salary cap, yeah. you can do that. But in your situation, I think you'd have to look at somebody like Sandon Smith in order to get him up to that higher price. But yeah, um, it's it's awkward because there aren't that many good options this week that you'd especially want to plan for round 19 as well. Yeah, because someone like... Lemuelu is the, is the next option, as the next issue, I should say, in our sides. Is it worth just holding on to him this week? Because we saw some of the games that he played at the beginning of the year coming off the bench. He obviously got a try in that first one, where he got 64 points. He had uh, you know, 43 points where he played through the middle a little bit as well. Um, so he definitely can, can do it coming off the bench. Do you see him sort of getting 50, 55 minutes there? I think he will get good minutes. It won't be 80 unless there is a late switch. I'm watching for that because, I mean, we're all hoping he plays 80, <laughs> but given they went through the effort to make the change, I don't know if they'll go for that. No. There is a bit of an argument to sell given that his break-even is so high if you are definitely planning on moving your mum to somebody, but all the other options are risky, especially if you're going to move to the centre. Do you jump on back on Jack Bird, who's got a dodgy knee, potentially, straight away that you'd want a week to look at that and then it might be a bit late given how much cash you'll be losing. But I think you just have to hold and see what happens. He's, he's been moved around a little bit. I think there was one game where he got taken off 20 minutes early. This could be a game similar to that and then he just goes back to normal. So I think you have to wait and see what happens, ideally. And, and you won't be hurting that much given that like 90% of the top 1,000 own him. So... It's, it's, it's annoying, but I don't think he's hugely urgent. Yeah, well, when you, the scores we've kind of been getting out of him have been 30-odds and stuff, he could definitely get that in limited, yeah, a little less minutes, right? So, yeah, I think there's there's other issues in the side, and he obviously covers around 19 and um, as a as a centre and stuff, so it's, it's pretty he's pretty important as a number. And if there's really some clear gun centres that, that played longer term, obviously, yeah, Bird has his issues, Campbell Graham's an option I've got here, but uh, he has a buy in round 20. He could play Origin in you know, game three. So Dan Gagai's there, he has a buy in round 19. So is it, is it worth trading a guy that you're going to get those extra points of in that week for someone, you know, and, and you know, changes could be made to the Dolphins team either this week, but more, you know, if there's an injury to Kenny or to Felice, he'll come straight back in. There's, 
there's lots to think about. And it's probably worth just sitting on it for a week with, with Jack Bird's break even being high as well. If that's your target, you may get a better score from Bird this week, but he could also get injured uh, again. So, yeah, so much to think about. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, in my situation, would you look at Liero as a sell before Lemuelu? Definitely. Yeah, I think so. Especially given that he's not available in the centres. You want more points in that position. Um, and I think you just look to move him on now. Yeah. Um, you still got Bird as an option, right? For people if they want. In general? Yeah, just as I mean, a trade-in. he's definitely an option. He's, he's been an absolute weapon scoring. Even at uh, lock or second row, it doesn't really matter where he plays this year because he's doing those... Uh, runaway, sideways, crab tackle busts. That's what we love for fantasy. And he's getting involved in a bit of the attack. It's just the worry if he's going to be managed a little bit. So we know he's going to... We know that he has the potential to be a gun. We just don't know exactly what's going to happen moving forward. It is a risk. You can take it. Uh, I know a lot of people will be looking and then potentially jumping back on if it looks good. So if you can get ahead, that'd be good. But you do have that risk. For sure. And if you need an edge this week, an edge cash out in Piakura, any thoughts on him? Well, I think he's going to get at least two games. I think Capewell's out for a little while, but the Broncos missing round 19 does hurt his potential a little bit. But he is on that better side of cheapies compared to uh, other options available this week that haven't come through. So I would probably have Sanders Smith ahead of him, but he's, he's not too bad. Yeah, we expect that he's actually going to make the side from here on, right? He, he's been playing since round 13. Uh, scores haven't been anything desirable. Last week, he played 29 minutes and got two tries and a, 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 a and sorry, two line breaks and a try um, for 36, but limited minutes. So, yeah, it's definitely potential that he could get a 40 or 50, but he could just be a middling guy. But at 255, how much do you need out of him, really, hey? All right. Campbell Graham, 572. Any thoughts on him? Would you just pass? I probably would pass, given how many good centres there are. I mean, a couple of falling uh, with Lemuelu and Manu potentially having a few issues. But I think we're coming to that point of year where late buys are going to be really annoying. And he is he is uh, a definite risk to move into that blue side for round 19. And then he's going to miss 19, 20 and 26. And that would really hurt uh, if somebody else had gone gagai and got similar scores or better at um, not only missing one or two. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gagai's the next guy, 656. He's priced under what he's averaging, obviously with a couple of low ones uh, a few weeks ago, 24 and 41. Is he someone that you should look towards if you do need a center or is the round 19 buy kind of hurt? Yeah, it's. I think it can wait. I mean... He's priced at a point where a good score won't move his price that much, so you can probably get him in round 20 as a final team gun if you want to move somebody on. Like if Manu at centre hasn't really pulled through, you can do it then. I think you can, I mean, you can buy him now. He's scoring fantastic and his base is really good this year. But yeah, round 20 buy um, for me. For sure. Uh, Braden McGrady, cash out potential option 230k, wing fullback and centre. Has a lot of tries. Seems like he plays really well uh, in Q Cup. Uh, is he someone that you potentially look at if he keeps his spot? It looks like Testing News been dropped. Basically, is what we're going, what we're getting at here. Yeah, I think News playing um, Cup. So 
there's potential for McGrady to do pretty well. And, well, the Dolphins play round 19, and we know how tough that the wing fullback position looks that week when we're pulling in guys like Tavare and Braden McGrady's being the better options for some of those spots. But, yeah, look, I think... I think you can jump on. There's a chance that he'll be there all year. But, yeah, I mean, Tezzy News on more money than him and I don't know if he'll be dropped for long. So if yeah. he's still there and still cheap in round 19, I'd be more inclined to go that way rather than jump on right now because we saw what happened with, what was it, Jack Bostock is there and then gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they've, they've played a few guys, haven't they? Uh, Jermaine Osako, we moved to wing fullback. He's one of the top dogs, averaging 50.5. It's him and Mazu really are the options, I would say, uh, in this week, just to finish things off with uh, with Val Tafade. Just maybe a little com- combination between Asako and Mazu. What would be your co- a, a, a comparison, sorry? Who would you go for there? Mm. What's Mazu's price? They're, they're pretty similar. They're both sort of mid to high 600. Yeah, 655 and 689. Look, mm. I think they can both score tries well. The difference between them is that Marzu is averaging eight tackle busts and Izako has goals. So if the Dolphins go well, Izako might take over if there's if he's scoring an extra six, eight, ten points a week just from goalkeeping base. And if the Dolphins continue to not go so well, well, then he might not get as many. So mm. I think it depends on what you think of their forms. And either are pretty good options. I'm elated that Marzu is back on <laughs> the team this week as an owner, but we'll we'll see how it pans out. Definitely right that. Yeah, they play Penrith this week, and Osako plays all the big buyers, so they're probably the, the differences. But Marzu has the boom, obviously. And then Val Tafari, do we think that he could keep his spot and he'd be worth a look at, or probably go for one of the cheaper guys before him? I really don't know what to do with Tavari. He, it's always the Brenko Lee risk. And uh, we've lost the Zoom. Anyway, we'll finish this off. Thank you for watching this one. There's Brenko Lee. There's talk of him potentially being out for a little bit longer. We will find out hopefully in the next few days. Brian, general physio, will be able to. Uh, but that's the, the buy, hold, sell, risk it video. Thank you for, for waiting for this one. We had to wait till Scoop was ready, but um, obviously we've got plenty of time. So, that's all good uh, on that one. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the, the new computer with my ability to do my little Zoom in on Zoom. Very cool. But uh, thanks for being here. See you in the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.